0: It is 4.57 on a Friday. I don't want to have to be sitting here recording shit. But here I am having to issue a disclaimer at the top of this episode because people don't know how to keep their dicks in their pants. So um, just let you know, obviously I recorded the rest of the episode before all the shit went down with Tom and Raquel. And so I take back every nice thing I've said about both of them and it's on site, but I don't want to be to put on a watch list as of yet. So I'm just going to chill out for now let you guys know that one i'm fucking livid two monday next episode i will be digging in their asses so thoroughly they don't know what hit them i guarantee you that three team ariana Um, Um, i'm a nurse so if i need like my head checked, i'm not your girl the corniest thing a guy can ever say is can you take care of me if I need A, B, and C? I'm not interested in taking care of any guys with any ailments. Oh no, but... hold on. Yeah. I'm getting in my head. I mean, <laughs> if you pass out here, if you have a heart attack and you need CPR, absolutely. Like, about to about CPR or just CPR? You're really flirting hard with me. It's kind of crazy. Oh my, you're gonna give me CPR? Like, no, bitch, I'm gonna let your ass die too much, too fast, too thick. Can you break? Because I can't. I'm being suffocated right now. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our Friday edition of Summer House and Vanderpump Rules. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I'm planning on it. You know, that's my hope. That's the wish. Uh, You know, frankly, we got to make up for it because there's a lot of negative energy happening down here in the Summer House. But I want to get into it because I felt like I saw a lot of people saying that they felt like this episode was boring, um, boring without Carl and Lindsay. I was living, frankly, it was giving old school uh, summer house to me, but then I had a thought, no Carrie Bradshaw. Why are we now not doing the themed parties? Because that was really the heart of the show it's like having drag race without having a runway like I know when we're coming into the summer house that half of the clothes that these people are packing are for whatever weird themed uh party they planned for the weekend and I want them back why did we do away with them you know Kyle doesn't look so crazy when there are like 50 other people who are also raging and jumping in the pool but you know once we tighten up and it's just Chris and and Kyle or kyle and sam or kyle and whoever just happens to be downstairs maybe a bag of chips it you know it hits different as the kids say but we'll get into it because we start off the episode with kyle and danielle we're all at the restaurant it's very awkward they're playing musical chairs with each other sierra's still trying to steal kyle's salmon and danielle's pissed kyle storms off What we find out is going to be the first of several times over the course of this episode. He goes and orders a dirty martini. Amanda follows after him and is like yo let's find this booth and go sit down. You need to take a deep breath. Kyle says I've seen things that Danielle hasn't seen, Lindsay hasn't seen but now that Carl's sober everybody thinks he's perfect and they don't remember the past. I mean clearly Kyle feels underappreciated but like this ain't the look bro. It's not the look. And, like, everybody's right to say, or Danielle, rather, is how long are we going to hold Carl's probably size 13 feet to the fire over his addiction issues? Especially when he's made tremendous strides to move past that. It's seemingly, as far as we know, been pretty consistent for a while. So, to, yeah, like, you guys went through bad shit, but, like you know, at some point we gotta get over it. Like, if you're choosing to stay in this relationship, you can't keep going back to the past. You feel me? Like, if Carl's fucking up now, which seemed to be the narrative in the first couple episodes, why don't we just focus on what we're doing now and what's happening now and not like, oh, he should just be grateful because it comes off really gross on Kyle's end. Back at the table, Danielle's saying exactly what I said. Bring up Carl's addiction issue from over a year ago to make a point for as to why Carl should be so lucky to work for him now. It doesn't work for her. So Amanda tells Kyle, listen, there's factual information to what you're feeling. I get it, but I just don't want all of this to get overshadowed by emotion. So let's just do a little shimmy, give a smile, shake it off. Let's get back to the table. Gabby, (laughs) once Kyle sits down, Gabby goes, okay, Kyle, cheers. (laughs) I love Gabby. I love Gabby. And speaking of, so does Danielle, because Danielle moves over to Gabby or tells Gabby, um, girl, I want to talk to you. So now Gabby's moving over to Danielle's side of the table, right? Danielle says, Danielle, Danielle says that she knew of Gabby because of a guy that she used to date that they both have in common. This dude told Danielle that Gabby was full on my ex-girlfriend. And so what did Danielle do? got right onto social media, got those thumbs to type in and did, you know, your typical stalking. You know, we've all done it. Who amongst us, right? But Gabby says in a confessional, I was really excited to meet Danielle because, um, I already know who she is. (laughs) So Gabby then asks Danielle, okay, what was the extent of your relationship with this dude? Right. And Danielle says, Oh, we were inseparable for like Three or four months, maybe he kind of ghosted me. I think maybe we hooked up again after that. I'm not sure. Well, Gabby goes, Well, I know you hooked up after, and I'll tell you why. He actively cheated on me with you, he lied to me, and I have the receipts. And then the on screen reveal that the girl that Gabby had been referring to the last episode, the Coachella girl, as I will call her, in that blurred out photo was in fact Danielle. Uh, Uh, I love it. What a reveal. Danielle says in a confessional, I honestly did not know that there was any overlap. So now we're delving into like phase two, right? Let's get the timelines together. What's happening? I had to do my own Googling to figure it out along with what we were told. So here's what I figured out. Danielle says that she went to Coachella with this dude in 2016. I looked up the dates that was, you know, they do two weekends, April 15th and April uh, 24th, that, those two weekends, right? So Gabby says that that guy went ghost on her during that time of Coachella, but then he reappeared a week before her birthday, which Google says is May 8th. So he was like gone for a couple of weeks and then came back, right? So Sam goes, Danielle, where did you think he was? And Danielle goes, he actually ghosted me right after Coachella. Huh? <laughs> and then Gabby and Danielle cheers each other. And Danielle says, I'm really glad that you don't hate me because I didn't know this at all. Gabby then tells the table and the rest of the girls, she went completely nuclear after the birth breakup and posted the following to all of his social media outlets, including LinkedIn. Now I watch, watch what happens live. And Gabby gave some more context to this. She said she was posted up outside this dude's apartment trying to get in. He wouldn't let her in, and so she was like, "I am going to post this all over if you don't let me in." Doesn't let her in. Posts. Uh buzz, finally he lets her in. <laughs> so, here's what the post said. I'm a liar and a cheater. I don't deserve the girl who I claimed to be my girlfriend for the past 4 years. Gabby Prescott is one of the best people I have ever met and I have wasted her time and taken advantage of her love and trust. I'm sorry for this, but it's a pattern of behavior. (laughs) And then Gabby says in a confessional, he is so lucky that I'm the bigger person and I didn't do anything else. (laughs) And then I don't know if people notice this because Gabby points to Sierra and basically like Says without saying that this dude is my Austin. Like, this is a dude that I made mistakes on when I was your age, Sierra. Gabby and Danielle hug. And Paige goes, you know what? What a classic New York connection. And she's absolutely right. Um, so back to them being on Watch What Happens Live, Gabby also said that her first date with this guy was he took her to Watch What Happens Live. So like, it is a full, full circle moment. And you know, I know that a lot of people really came for Gabby, for her like witchery, uh, the horoscope stuff. But you know what? Here's what I'm thinking, right? Um, she used her pain from that breakup to manifest her way onto a show with the ex-girl that he cheated on her with only to have them join forces, be friends and go on national television and talk shit about him so honestly, like I, I'm forced to believe that that is iconic behavior if manifestation doesn't work, how does Kim Zolciak still live in her home and how did Gabby end up on the show with the only person I imagine that this dude dated that's also on a reality show you explained it to me by the way, guys, um, the blogs found out that that house, uh, Kim, Kim Zodiac beer cans house is still, um, in pre-foreclosure and it looks like they paid about $200,000 to get that debt down and they might be on a payment plan, but trust and believe if they don't get the money, it's going up for auction again. <laughs> the date has not been announced, but watch this space. Everybody goes partying. They get back to the house. Maya tells um, Sierra and Paige, because they have that room with the two beds that face each other, which is weird as fuck. "Um, Girls, I'm going to go to the other bedroom and watch uh, Girlfriends with My Bonnet On. And Paige says, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, you're going to be sleeping across the bed from us. And honestly, I'm making up my own conspiracy theory, since we know that they um, have that Hamptons legal code that you can only have five bedrooms. I just felt like, from what I know of the Hamptons, haven't been yet. You know, fingers crossed, uh, I can find somebody's like, you know, be somebody's new stepmama and eat like $40 crab sandwiches. But, you know, that's on my vision board. We'll get into that later. Um, with that being said, my conspiracy theory is that is entirely too black behavior for the Hamptons. <laughs> like, girl, you got to either wear the bonnet and go to bed or watch girlfriends, but you can't wear the bonnet. That's too black for the Hamptons. And if you're going to do both of them, you might need to be in the presence of another white. So I, I just don't want Maya to get in trouble. I think she made the right choice sleeping with Paige that night. So the next morning, Sam tells the girls that she is going to be meeting up with this boxer who's been training her back in the city. And they're going to meet up later that night. Sam is still trying to thin out her roster, blah, blah, blah. She keeps talking about this shit. I, I think maybe she's just too young for me. <laughs> I don't know. about Her mom was like, you know, you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you get to your prince. And then it kind of hit me that I'm getting extreme, like, tinsley mortimer energy from sam something about her is like imagine tinsley in a gen z world you know where she's single she never met topper and she's like trying to make it like this is i think as close as we would get and i don't know if i love that i think there excuse me may only be room in my heart for one tinsley but we'll see we'll see danielle goes outside to facetime carl and Lindsay while they're back in california right Danielle says, you know, I'm sorry, you guys were doing your wedding thing. I don't want to tell you, but it would be weird for me not to. Uh, Last night at dinner, Kyle was telling Maya about your work situation and I heard your name, so I was just listening, but I was talking really intensely about you and, you know, how given your past, you wouldn't show up to meetings and how you were doing drugs and Carl should be so lucky, but now he's looking for a raise and these says, what the fuck? And Carl says he doesn't even know what to say. So Danielle tells Carl that he deserves a lot more. And he says, listen, my involvement in the business is so fucking important, in my opinion. They're fucked without me. So then Danielle says, I wouldn't work for this person if I were you. <laughs> and at this point, like, I really have to understand. I would like to understand what is Carl's role? Because maybe that's the issue is that there's no like clear idea of what his role is because to me I mean I'm not in sales but I feel like I don't know <laughs> I feel like if he's like the VP or whatever I'm just very confused about what's going on but I think it's objectively fair to say that Kyle should not be talking about all of this professional stuff um especially with tangling uh, Carl's addiction and sobriety into it to anybody who's not working for Loverboy and is higher up than Carl, you know, um, or is not higher up than Carl. And I, I don't know. I also feel like, yeah, I just, I think that they don't really have a clear understanding of what Carl's role is. And I feel like maybe Carl is probably like, looking at himself more as the face but maybe his business people want him to be more business like and he's more thinking oh I'm kind of like doing appearances and using my celebrity I don't know I don't know I'm confused I also want to say that I definitely don't think it's like Carl's fault at all that Kyle's talking shit about him Um, it's just wildly unprofessional but I also feel like This could have been handled and was attempted to be handled by Kyle off camera before they got on the show this season. And Carl just didn't do that. And I think like, it's not like, Oh, you deserve this. But I also feel like Carl could have been a little bit more professional. He had a few weeks to write this letter. He knew also that they were going to be going to this house together and how awkward it would be to not have this settled before you get into it. So I, I don't know, (laughs) you know, like you guys who work in the corporate world, will let me know. Because to me, it feels like if my boss reached out to me and I didn't respond to them for like more than three weeks. Isn't that weird? That feels weird to me anyway let's talk about gabby again we see her talking to her sister danielle remember i said like why didn't they mention her sister who's like an author (laughs) but now they did and you know her sister now moved to new orleans they used to be bosom buddies uh back in new york and now she's really lost and you know still hanging out with her parents or whatever but she tells sister danielle about uh, other danielle and how they talked about this dude and you know, she's like, I don't have any problem with, with Danielle. Like I don't blame her for anything. She was just caught up in his web of lies, just like I was. And also I'm really happy I met her because this dude is going to shit his pants. And I thrive in that space. <laughs> and actually Danielle's like an amazing girl. So, you know, he does have incredible tastes. I love her. I adore this girl. I I do. I do. Um, Paige says that the girls are going to have a tea party outside. The guys, well, Kyle and Chris are going to be, and as we find out, playing Connect Four at some outdoor bar. (laughs) Boring. (laughs) Boring. Even bring Oliver and and that other short dude that Oliver brought with him. Don't care. Don't care. I would rather see scenes with Kyle by himself. (laughs) Than him with Chris at this point, like I'm over it, but going to the tea party, Paige hires some dude named Danny to be their waiter. And she, you know, puts a bunch of cards in a teapot and they ask answer questions, right? So first question, who would you like to have a threesome with? And Paige says that she would have one with Amanda and Craig. Then they get to who is most likely to have had anal in the group. And I thought, you know, no pun intended, uh, these ladies were a little bit more uptight than I expected. It seemed like none of them wanted to admit to it. Um, Sierra threw Paige under the bus by being like, you're the butt plug girl. She's like, "Um, one time, chill out. (laughs) So then they talk about kids. Um, Who would you not let date your son? And that question went to Maya. Maya says Sam. Sam's like, well, uh, mom's actually really like me, but whatever. Um, then Maya clarifies, she really doesn't want kids anyway. So kind of a moot point, but it's not like, she just doesn't want to lose herself. She says, I think I'll be a really great mom, but I just don't want to, I know that I would give my life to my kid and, and not have one for myself. So I just don't really want to do that. And then she says the thing that I dread the most, you guys know that I feel very strongly <laughs> People entering into serious relationships when you're not on the same page about children because she says in a confessional that Oliver wants kids but he loves her in a way that he's trying to look past that, but they're also trying to figure it out because she doesn't want anybody diminishing their dreams on her account either. Okay, well, I mean, I don't want to say thank God they've broken up, but you know. She said that he was like on some real fake shit, like he was not who he purported himself to be. And I want to know what happened. What happened? Let me tell you, give you a piece of advice from old, old, uh, haggard single New Yorker here. Um, here's something that I've learned if the guy, and this might feel archaic to you guys, but it's the truth, and I think, uh, New York ladies, you're gonna not disagree with me. If the guy is over 30 and he hasn't been married, engaged in a very long-term relationship, there's probably only a matter of time before you find out what's wrong with him, especially if he's attractive. Like Oliver's a good looking dude. What's going on there? Because it's hard out here in these streets and these women snatch up and they should because it's like, you know, uneven populations, way more women than men. So if he was quality... Somebody would have married him. So what happened? What's wrong with you? The same cannot be true, of course, for women. We're all perfect angels, just to make that clear. So then Sam looks at Amanda and is like, "Well, I kind of feel like out of all of us, you would be the most likely to have kids soon, right?" So Amanda tells everybody, like some of you guys know, but and she talked about this on Winter House that she had gone off of birth control right after the wedding. But she lost weight, that's clear, and um, she has not had a period since November. So they got married at like the end of September, hasn't had a period since November, and she's concerned, hasn't gone to the doctor, you know, the typical, like, there's clearly something wrong, I just don't want to know what what it could possibly be. It could be something, it could be nothing, but I don't want to risk it fortunately nurse Sierra is there is like no I don't like this you need to go to the doctor get a full scan and figure out what the hell is going on with you so Paige says Amanda are you nervous are you nervous like what if the doctor says hey Amanda we regret to inform you that you can't have kids have you thought about that now I did see that a lot of people felt like that was very insensitive um and I don't disagree. I think it came off of like a little bit harsh, but knowing that they already had this conversation on winter house and I'm sure off camera, they probably had several, maybe she just felt like we've talked about this before. Not, let me not like try to ride for Paige. I don't need to do that. <laughs> so Amanda says, you know, you grow up, you think you're going to get married, have kids. You're not going to have any problems. We're all just trained to think that you can get a baby. If you just try, you know, easy as that, no issues. And then Amanda says in a confessional that she hasn't told Kyle because she doesn't want to tell people things that they could be fearful of or concerned about without having the answers and the solutions already. But she also isn't ready to see the doctor. So we'll see. Danielle says, you know, regardless of what happens, you're more than just bringing a child into this world. And if the news is not what you want, you've got a whole team, like you've got all of us. And I thought that was very, very sweet. <laughs> I'm just like a little confused here, right? Because I just feel like, and this is no shade. This is just me thinking out loud. Surely Kyle knows that she probably went off birth control, right? Like surely he can notice that she's lost weight. Um, surely he's, they're having sex and he probably is you know having sex in the way that would um, you know (laughs) encourage procreation so how would he have no idea what's going on it seems like she wouldn't even have to tell him that if they were in tune enough with each other like if you guys are like not not trying and she's still not getting pregnant then you know what I mean (laughs) It's just sad to me, I guess, that, like, she feels more comfortable having this conversation now twice on camera and in this situation in front of a group of women, people that she just met, really, a couple of them, and not to her husband, who should be on this journey with her. You know what I mean? Ready to pop the question. But anyway, the ladies then bring up Kyle and how he stormed out, how he loves a dramatic exit. And Danielle reiterates, she's pissed. She's really pissed and about Kyle acting like Carl should be so lucky, etc. So Sierra says, you know, there probably was a time where Carl was messing up. And Danielle's like, sure. Like, I get it. But like Sierra, that's not the point. So Amanda says, Danielle, if I could tell you the things that went on during a certain time, Look, I think any company would have fired him. And it was constant. And this is not coming from me or Kyle. It's coming from other people that you worked with. There was a lot going on. And I'm just hoping that maybe before you talk to Carl and Lindsay, and this turns into a gossip thing, like maybe you can let Kyle and Carl handle it. To which Danielle goes, well, that ship has sailed. I she's Then she said, I texted. <laughs> Interesting. Amanda says in a confessional, she's not mad at Danielle. She gets it, but she just wanted, like, the drama between Carl and Kyle to be resolved. She doesn't want to go, have this go on for another night, another weekend, another second. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. Maya! I'm gonna have to call you out for this, girl. Maya, who has had multiple uh, conversations with Kyle in which she's initiating Hey, Kyle! What's going on with you and Carl? Says... I just think, you know, we should drop this. And why are we talking about this? Because now it's becoming more of a house issue than it needs to be. Okay, okay, Maya. (laughs) Then the ladies decide, let's change and go meet up with Kyle and Chris at the bar. They're clearly lit. Did you guys notice it? (laughs) Sierra was trying to crip walk on the kitchen counter (laughs) at one point. Go and watch it back. She tried. (laughs) Speaking of Sierra, she has um what was probably a regrettable first scene with Chris because they start playing Connect4 with each other and he's making small talk, like, Oh, you know, what do you do for a living? She says, I'm a nurse. Okay. Um, but then he's like, Oh if if I get sick, could you take care of me? And immediately she's like, No. <laughs> that is the corniest line ever. Please don't ever say that again. And then Chris pretends to faint at one point. And she goes, listen, if you're having a heart attack or you need CPR or something, I got you. And he goes, oh, so like mouth to mouth CPR or just regular? (laughs) And then Sierra goes, you're really flirting hard with me. It's crazy. So then in a confessional, Sierra goes, are you going to give me CPR? No, bitch. I'm going to let you die too much, too soon, too thick. Can y'all breathe? Because I feel like I'm suffocating. Earlier this week I was reminded of and you know I regret to inform you of this, uh, Jordan from seasons past and even Jordan wasn't down this bad and that guy was like a virgin probably pretending to be like some sort of certified freak even he went into this summer house with like people being vaguely interested in him like Danielle and Jules remember her? Chris like It's like he can't even be in a room with a woman for 30 seconds before they're like, no, thank you. (laughs) It's like record breaking, honestly. Amanda ends up telling Kyle about the tea party and Danielle and Danielle, you know, once again, this woman has like sonar level ears. She can hear from across that bar, from across the outdoors. Now, like she's talking to Sam and she says, listen, I just don't want to be on the bad end of somebody being messy about how they handle stuff. So Amanda tells, you know, Kyle, Danielle wants to talk to you. He's like, I'm over this shit. And Amanda goes, we'll be over it. But she wants to talk to you about it. So then Josh shows up. This is Sam's crush. He's clearly not interested in her from jump because she's like (laughs) very awkward and makes this dude like fake jab move at his stomach. And he goes, what are you trying to do? Check my abs. And then he's like, well, I don't really drink. And she's like, okay, cool. Well, thank you for meeting me in a bar. He does later say, I'm glad you invited me. But as soon as he's like a little bit nice to her, she immediately gets flustered. So there goes that. (laughs) Which leads me to the recent headline about Josh is that, y'all, he's dating Madonna currently. Uh, allegedly it just came out of the news that they had been taking pictures together i guess he's been training maybe one of her kids uh in boxing and that's how they met and they're got something going on apparently Uh, okay (laughs) so danielle and chris sit down and they seem to be really forming some kind of relationship with each other. Well, friendship obviously but okay okay He's still not jumping off the page for me, honestly, even with Danielle. So he's like telling Danielle, oh, you know, I did kind of talk to Kyle, but we've mostly just been talking about partying. I kind of think he's in a headspace where he's just looking to have fun for the rest of the weekend and not talk about anything. And Danielle goes, that's fine. But if you want to party and not have a conversation, then maybe you shouldn't talk shit about your friends. But Chris goes, okay, well, I mean, maybe you should tell Kyle that. And she goes, well, you know, I just don't think... I should because he's wasted now Kyle hears that and he goes excuse me you feel like you can't talk to me and your conclusion is that I'm wasted so Danielle says well my conclusion is that we just wouldn't have a productive conversation right now so Kyle goes listen would it be easier if I just said that I would love to hear you talk about anything but me (laughs) sir (laughs) Danielle goes that's rich but then Kyle goes ever since you got here Danielle it's been word bombing about me and Danielle says it's because of what you've done and now you're trying to flip this on me Kyle gets up calls her the most toxic person he storms off again Sarah says in a confessional Kyle's the most dramatic dude I've met and she let Austin you know he and Kyle's more dramatic than that that's shocking and not to like give Kyle an out here, but girl, your best friend is dating Craig Conover. I just don't think that's true. You know? With that being said, at that point, Kyle did like storm off to the parking lot and was just saying, I'm done, I'm done to himself. So, you know, I mean, she's not wrong. I just don't think she's completely right. Anyway, Paige then tells Danielle, I just don't really think you need to resolve this because it doesn't really involve you. And Danielle goes, listen. I'm just not the kind of friend who's gonna, you know, push things under the rug. But Paige says, I feel like you throw yourself under the bus for things that you really don't need to. But Danielle tells Paige, I'm loyal to a fault and I love my people. And Sierra starts if and says, but don't you think the same people, like, do you think the same people are riding for you like that? And Danielle goes, they don't talk shit. They always like, you know, and Paige says, Listen, Danielle, I'm going to say something totally honest because I've known you for five years. Have I ever felt like Lindsay has ridden for you the way you ride for her? No. I know how you ride for your friends and it's fucking admirable, but I know for a fact that if Kyle was talking about you in front of Carl and Lindsay, that they would not sit here and say a thing. I just know that. You're a very good friend to them. Do they give you that? Now, I gotta say, I did scream the first time Because we saw this in the trailer and I thought this happened like way into the beginning or in the middle of the dissolution between Danielle and and Lindsay. But to find out this is when she was like at her peak, really, of friendship, uh, that was funny to me. I let out a chuckle. With that being said, I know a lot of people were like, oh, look, Paige is being a, a operator and she's like manipulating Danielle, but I don't feel like that's entirely fair. Do I agree with the fact that like, if Kyle was talking shit about Danielle, would Carl and Lindsay not say anything? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, Would I, <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Here's my thing. Paige can only say things. To me, Danielle is only going to go with that if she believes in some way that that is true. Like, how could it be possible that Danielle would be so loyal to them and then Paige could say one thing and then all of it's over? You know, I just don't think Paige has that much power. I don't think Danielle is that easily manipulated that that could be... You know, it just seems like a, you're we're giving Paige a lot here. I also know that a lot of people feel like Paige has it out for Lindsay and has for a long time and for no really discernible reason and is like possibly using this moment when Lindsay's gone to be like, hey, uh, uh, you're not as good friends as you guys think you are. I, maybe. I don't know. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, planting seeds, Possibly. But I think seeds only thrive in, in environments in which everything is coming together. You know, it we're, it it's not just one thing is what I'm saying. But I'm very excited to see where this goes. As I've been saying, I just, ooh, I want to know. I want to know. Um, To get back to the Watch What Happens Live episode, Andy asks Gabby who she thinks might have the most to answer for during the reunion and you know granted Danielle was there they were guesting together she said Danielle and then she asked or Andy asked if maybe Gabby feels like uh Lindsay was ganged up on at points in the summer and she said something along the lines of like I wouldn't be surprised if she felt that way so this is gonna be a good season y'all Everybody gets back to the house. It's like 10 o'clock. Danielle is pissed. She's done. She's like, I'm going upstairs. I never want to see her speak to Kyle again. (laughs) Bye. So Sam tells Josh he can spend the night if he wants to. Everybody starts having a dance party in the kitchen. She's, you know, crip walking just like (laughs) Sierra was earlier that day. And he's like on his phone. Like we're talking like man spreading, looking down, not tuned out of the world, texting While she's like grinding and doing, you know, Camille Grammer, club MTV moves on the, on the kitchen counter. So then he's like, you know, just hold on, hold on. Like, I'll be with you. But all he does is just look at her as she's dancing. And at this point, Sam's done. She's like, I need a guy that's going to dance on tables with me and not just stare. I need somebody who's going to be as bright and energetic as I am. Okay. <laughs> she does let him sleep there though. And then he friend zones the fuck out of her and he's like, Do you mind if I just like sleep? And she's like, Yeah, no worries. Like, you be over there, I'll I'll be here, it's fine. When they woke up, he goes, I found a cool friend in you. Get out of my house. <laughs> the last we see of Josh, he's like, I don't probably waiting for his Uber or somebody to pick him up. Like, he's not even bothering talking to sam because they're still out in the back sunbathing he no i'll just i'll just wait here by the door for my ride i'm good what what was josh's end game here do we think that he was actually ever interested in sam because it wasn't giving it was not giving that at all so did you just want to be on tv i certainly hope not because that wasn't giving either so bye josh take chris with you because it seems like he has some sort of sleep disorder or something where he just passing out in on the couch, passing out in the hallway, in in the chair before he can even make it to his bedroom. <laughs> how how he does that, unbelievable. So everybody wakes up. They have a group breakfast. Kyle's moping at the table. He's got his sunglasses on, talking about how hot, tired he is about talking about the same thing. And Danielle tells Gabby outside like it's awkward, but then Gabby says maybe you guys should talk danielle's like no i'm like washing my hands of this i'm done so then danielle says you know what my mission is going to be focused on you i think i'm going to try to find somebody for you to date because you know i know your type so then danielle is about to head back to montauk right kyle catches her and says listen i'd really feel a lot better if we talked she says i really don't want to but then she goes on she's like, you were nasty to me the other day. I just don't want to be involved. Ugh, okay, fine. We're going to have to have this talk. I just don't want to be involved in what you and Carl have. But what you said bothered me. This is your business. I get it. But it just hurt to hear you talk about Carl the way you did. I don't want her friendship to go south, though, because of like Carl or Lindsay or anything like that. I go to bat for them because I care for them so much. But, you know, maybe that is something that I need to work on because maybe I go too hard for them and take it personally. But you and I shouldn't be arguing. Kyle says, I just want to say I'm sorry because you walked into a sensitive subject. Honestly, I'm really not handling well as a friend or as a CEO. I'm really not cut out for this. And to be honest with you, I texted Carl last night. Two words. I'm done. She's like, really? <laughs> like, at what point in the night did you text him that, Kyle? Because we saw you doing jumping jacks at three o'clock in the morning. And waking up real hungover. So, was that a great idea? (laughs) Doesn't seem like it. Nor is it professional. To be texting somebody, like, late as fuck on a Saturday. I'm done. (laughs) Like, you're not his ex-girlfriend. This is ex-girlfriend shit. Not to, like, gender. But you know what I mean? This is ex-partner behavior. This is Audrina texting Bobby for the 75th time. I'm done. I'm done. You know, that's what it's giving. But anyway, then he says, you know, I just feel like there are things that are snowballing. And Danielle, the last thing in the world I want this summer is to be having a conversation I'm having about work or Carl or all of this. I'm really struggling with what to do. And I think it just may make things a heck of a lot easier to just fire him. But it makes me incredibly sad to have to think about that. So then Danielle's like, listen... You need to have another hot conversation with Carl. Kyle says, I just don't know what to do. And that ends with this week of uh, Summer House. I don't know, guys. I'm still loving it. I'm still having fun because everything's so complicated. Nobody's a hero. Nobody's a saint. And we're blessed for that. Anyway, let's move on to Vanderpump Rules. Well, what was the conversation you had with Allie? Asking her when James told her that he had sex with Lala because now the cat's out of the bag. Well, and what, what, he told me, Allie needs to know that information. I don't think that's your place too, to tell her that. You're putting her in a position that you know what oh, it felt no, no, like no. too. No, that is not my fault. Anything, no, any argument that they have is not my fault. I know. You can give someone so many warnings, but at the end of the day, people have to do what they need to do and figure it out themselves. Yeah, I know. All right, we're now at episode four of Vanderpump Rules, and we're starting off where we left off last week. Sandoval's still having his concert, Katie's leaving, Ariana's like, I gotta follow after her. She shouldn't leave this way. So they go outside and Katie just whispers, I hate it here. I don't belong here. And Ariana goes, yes, you do. Inside, Sheena's telling Brock, don't you think that I hated walking into places by myself for the past decade? Like I get it, I've been there. And actually Katie over the years has contributed to me feeling left out, right? So back outside, Katie tells Ariana, and she says in a confessional, she's been really careful to not be messy or like flirting or dating or whatever in front of Schwartz out of respect and also like not dipping into the friend group. And she says, for the last 12 years, Tom and I've been a package deal within this group. And I'm worried that within this divorce, people are drawing lines, choosing sides, and they're going to pick Schwartz. She's completely correct. No shade. (laughs) No shade no shade like just in terms of this situation her allies are really not on the show anymore her allies are really like i don't know what the hell they're doing i, I don't know but <laughs> the- the- this is what like ugh, this is what i've been screaming about this whole time girl like this is the whole reason why i thought she got married in the first place is because she was more afraid of what or who she would lose by breaking up with tom the only thing is the stakes are higher now because she married him but again also kind of lower because who in this group is she like really friends with anyway you know so yeah i i've always felt like there's been that fear like definitely back in the heyday you think katie was really gonna leave tom schwartz and have to deal with like Jack's talking more shit about her than he already did. um Tom wasn't going to be on her side. You know, like it just wasn't going to work out in her favor. And I wonder if, like, how much of this really has to do with the show. I actually think probably not that much. I think this really is personal for her, but girl, like, I, uh, well, to talk about the show, I think she thinks like people don't really like her, which is true generally speaking like katie has her riders but i think people just generally historically are like eh, on her you know for the most part but yeah i bet there's like the factor of like i'm just gonna look bad anyway because tom always looks good on this show like there's really no way that i can win but yeah i mean she is right to feel that way because let's go down the list here like she hates sheena she just doesn't like sandoval (laughs) she's not really friends with raquel uh, she's not really friends with James. I mean, Ariana's probably her BFF. And like, who gives a fuck about Lala? You know? <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Lala keeps calling Katie her best friend. But I, like, quiet as kept, I don't think Katie would really say the same about Lala. Anyway, James starts doing his opening set. It's like, oots, oots, oots. Yep. You know, vibing. That whole thing. The place is getting more and more crowded. So Raquel and Allie are in the back. They're like, let's just go outside and cool off a little bit. So they have their little scene and Raquel says, cause she had just seen James and Graham the day before. It was really nice that Graham and James got to see each other. But you know, one of the conversations that we did have was about how he slept with Lala. And so Allie's like, yeah, I, I knew about that, but you know, <sighs> I'm feeling one type, type of way. She says she doesn't really speak or she did not speak to James. The night she found out about Lala and uh, James hooking up and it made her sick to her stomach. And she's like, I'm just thinking, how could you have learned from an experience that you kept secret? You're okay with living with that secret. And on top of all of that, you still maintained a friendship with Lala. Like, how is that possible? And in this moment, I'm like, okay, Allie is smarter than, uh, I think Allie might be smarter than she wants us to think. And I got my eye on her and I like her. So then Raquel asks Allie, like, has that information changed anything with her relationship with James? And she's like, no, I mean, he was pretty consistent in his behavior. Like he didn't, I didn't have any reason not to trust him, but then he started to drink again and he was going to go out on a tour. And I did get a little bit nervous about that. So Allie then says in a confessional that she really does think that Raquel's just trying to look out for her and make sure she's aware of the person that she's dating. But it's also like, you know. How many talks are we gonna have about your past with James? You know, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. They basically both agree that James has like a certain James Kennedy charm to him. Footage not found. Um, but Allie says, You know, I'm just trusting my God, I'm really happy, but my eyes are open. So they go back inside, and it's finally ready for Tom to go on the stage we get a very dramatic, like artist in the green room moment before he puts on the sparkly jacket and takes a stage. And so Allie goes backstage to where James is in the green room. <clears throat> she's like, Oh, Hey, I just talked to Raquel. And he's like, oh, about what? <laughs> so she's like, well, you know, she told me about Lala and, and I told her that you told me and she just said to be careful. So James's like, okay, okay. Well, just piss me off. You know, no, like does she ask you not to be with me she's like no no he's like okay good great then he says you know there's really no reason why Raquel needs to go to you and like warn you about anything and like maybe I should do that with her boyfriend like you know say oh great girl but like she doesn't really suck dick that much or you know or at all really so just know that you know (laughs) Allie run run imagine that being your boyfriend ew (laughs) That's weird, bro. That's a weird thing to say. Ali's like, how about we just maybe stop talking about our exes or stop talking to them either. Cheers. Thank you. So then we get back to the concert. You know, Sandoval and the most extras are, you know, into the set, right? Y'all, I was dying at this girl because, you know, Sandoval has is doing like the schmoozing, setting up what song he's about to perform and he's talking about shorts. Schwartz is like ducked down but in the very front row like arms on the stage and I wish I knew who this girl was she is wasted and she is so happy Sandoval Schwartz is right here you see him he's here Woo! he's right here she's literally like trying to use all of her strength to pick Schwartz up so that Sandoval can see girl he sees him it's fine So the opening numbers to Jesse's mom starts playing, right? Or Jesse's girl. But it's actually about Schwartz's mom. He pulls out this huge framed photo that we find out he stole from Schwartz at some point um, of his mom from 1982. He's been taking it on tour with him from coast to coast at this point. And Schwartz says in a confessional, you know, it's kind of a dubious honor because I know he means well, but it also kind of makes me uncomfortable because it's like, you know, kind of like sexually suggestive and just cut to Sandoval air humping on stage. Like I want to fuck Schwartz's mom. <laughs> I love this show. I'm having, I'm having so much fun. Do you guys remember that scene in maybe like season two when, um, <laughs> they go to, um, Stassi's mom's house. Cause she lives like up in se- whatever ski North of California, right? Schwartz also has a, a band at that time. And they're opening up for that girl who sings Only the Lonely. And, of course, Kristen and Tam- Tom are, like, in a huge fight at this point, right? Because when are they not? <laughs> and she, They have the concert. And you would think that, like, Kristen is watching her man at the Grammys or um, something that's not, like, an outdoor... middle of the day concert on like a local you know regional (laughs) festival that's in like a church parking lot she's like you know in this moment i just like i just really fall in love with him all over again (laughs) Kristen was so unhinged shout out to our pisces queen anyway Raquel and Sheena are hanging out at the concert and Raquel's like lit at this point. We're seeing her in a confessional taking shot after shot of whiskey and chasing it with Coors and um excuse me Garcon can I get another Coors please? Thank you like really this girl is having a time okay she's having a time she is like going up to Sheena and goes do you think I should ask Tom to make out with me and Brock's like oh right now like tonight (laughs) Brock calm down He I mean, he's barely spoken and I need him to calm down but Sheena's just like yeah yeah I do so she walks right over there confident as can be because they're all like in a VIP section and she goes right up to him and goes want to make out hat just flies right off of his face right off of his head like I, <laughs> I could not believe it so funny could not happen to a more uh, appropriate person Then he goes, I would love to. I can't. It's a trap. You're too good for me anyways. And she goes, okay. And she starts to walk away. And he goes, no, 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 come back. (laughs) And then they sit down. They're having like like an Oprah or like an Ayamla. You know, we're holding hands together. He's rubbing the tops of her hands, right? They're looking at each other. And then he goes, are we still filming? Turns around, looks right at the camera that's about a foot away from him. And he goes, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah yeah Tom oh shit then Tom says in a confessional I'm just like really flattered because she's hot like there's a part of me that wants to yeah 100% of you you know I like I want to have this fun lighthearted, tongue-locked embrace why not I'm single then he tells Katie you know I think Katie really likes you as a friend and Raquel's like yeah you know like I like her as a person but are we that close of friends not really Then Tom says, well, she would just be really upset about that. Like, I can't do that to Katie. So the next day, Sandoval goes over to Schwartz's new apartment. And we're looking at these close-up shots of uh, a big chunk of keys right next to somebody's toothbrush and a razor. Like a pink, what are those? Like Venus razor. (laughs) We know that that belongs to Joe, the girl that he's saying that he's not fucking, but he like, you know, well, we're just friends. There was a a never before a scene clip where he talks to Sheena about Joe and he talks about how like he definitely has a crush on her for sure, but he's not going to go there because he just got out of a 12 year relationship. But then on Watch What Happens live after the show, they asked him, no, was it Watch What Happens? No, I I think I saw another interview with him where they asked him, have you hooked up with Joe? And he was like, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, I'm smiling. I guess that's a giveaway. I don't really want to talk about it. So, well, you know, there you go. I think there are rumors that they're dating. He said again that he's like, you know, trying to not be in a relationship. But, uh, you know, you hear that? I think that's what's happening. So the Toms are going to be having a friends and family event at Schwartz and Sandy's, which Tom Sandoval says, yeah, could we have saved this money from the party and put it into actually opening this restaurant? correct we could do that however my mom and dad stepdad have invested uh two hundred fifty thousand dollars. they want to see what all is going on so we're gonna be having the party so sheena pops in and she's just like yeah you know i just came to see if you had made any progress at the apartment because you know i sent you a bunch of links in order to get you know the shorts back like i think just you need to tidy up a little bit so they get out a whiteboard in order to like You know, Schwartzy fixed my life. Everything from home furnishings, clothes, uh, don't make out with Raquel, (laughs) things like that. Let's get some outdoor furniture, but not a rug because I do like to pee out there sometimes, which, (sighs) what floor are you on, sir? (laughs) If I found out and I lived below him, I I would take that shit to the uh, rental office immediately. Get me out of this lease if I found out some divorced white guy was pissing Coors Light remnants off of his balcony and anywhere into my space, I'd lose it. I'd lose it. So at this point, Tom still wants us to feel sorry for him because he's like in a confessional, you know, for the divorce, I really felt like I lost a part of myself and, you know, I'm slouching now and, you know, I'm just covering my mouth with my hands a lot and you know rubbing my hair more than I used to and you know the shorts is still there but it's just like down to a flickering pilot but I want the full shorts back and you know I would like to see what that is we've really never known shorts without Katie um well I mean we have like he's been with Katie but without Katie if you know what I mean but like truly without Katie interesting I I would like to see it. The so shorts tells Tom and Sheena that he and Katie made an agreement to not hook up with anybody in the friend group. And Zanabel goes, that's not realistic. <laughs> I think it might be at this point. It should be, I think we're old enough. That should be a very realistic thing. Most of you guys are partnered up. So how many really would there be? Then Schwartz says to plant more drama between Sheena and Katie by being like, Oh, Sheena. I mean, I don't think we're supposed to be hanging out right now. You know, because Katie said that she was like, she was really fired up when she said that. But I don't know, like, but that's what she said. So, of course, Shanna starts crying. And she's like, you know, if she wants me to pick a side, then I will. She called me a troll. Like, you can call me a bitch or disrespectful or whatever, but don't call me a fucking troll. And this is where I feel in my most powerful. I, when, <laughs> I don't know how to say this in the right way. But here. Sheena's tears give me strength. I just don't know how else to say it, you guys. Like, there's just something about Sheena being knocked down a peg. And let me be clear. I love Sheena. I think she is probably, like, a very nice girl. I've heard that she's a very nice girl. This is not about me disliking Sheena or thinking that she should be knocked down a peg. I just think, like, if you've presented me this dynamic for the past 10 years, you know, I like it. So, you know. Keep filming. But let's head over to Sir. You know, Raquel's doing her requisite filming there. We're reminded that Charlie's a thing. Remember her? Yeah, she's back. She's back from the Hamptons. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I feel like she gave about thirty she gave us about thirty seconds about her trip to the Hamptons. We didn't know you went, girl. Didn't need it. Anyway, um Raquel reveals that at the end of the night at Tom's concert, Shit hit the fan with James and Raquel. They ended up fighting with each other over something that I still can't quite make sense of. But it got so loud and escalated that James ended up getting kicked out of the venue. So Raquel then tells Charlie, I think that like maybe our conversation, the conversation I had with Allie may have like probably escalated things and pissed him off. So Charlie's like, what did you say to her? she tells her about the lala the cheating thing and charlie goes okay but why did Allie need to know that information like i just don't really think it's your place to tell her that because now you're putting in her you're putting her in a position but raquel goes okay but if they get into a fight like that's not on me and charlie's like yeah okay you can give your warnings to her but at the end of the day people need to figure it out for themselves So like, if you've been dating or making out with somebody, because that's really how you want to get James back. So Raquel goes, well, what if I made out with Schwartz?" And Charlie goes, well, that would be weird because Katie knew you beforehand. But like, why have you made out with him yet? Or do you want to? So Raquel says in a confessional, she has a crush on Tom. Because he's always so happy to see her. He has a big smile on his face. And that makes her happy. Just like very golden retriever energy. Basically, Schwartz is Graham, right? So Charlie goes, okay, well, how would you feel if I made out with James now? And she's like, well, I think it would be weird. But, you know, you do you. So Charlie tells Raquel, they're going to call you a home wrecker," But Raquel goes, how am I a homewrecker? There's no home to wreck. So... <laughs> Well, back of shorts and sandies, the toms have a meeting with their general manager, Brett. Greg, Ugh, before this friends and family party, y'all know I don't like Greg, <laughs> I don't, and I haven't liked him ever. I'll let the record reflect. Go back to episode one, I, I went on a whole rant about how I just didn't trust that man, and I was right, I was right to do it. So, there's this guy, Matt, that they hired for the Daily Mail party, and Greg keeps going, blah blah blah, about how. You know, the people, I hire a professional, and they were acting like this is a party for everybody. So I'm firing them. Okay, whatever. Pull my dick out. And then he's like, you know, we just really, I'm stressed out. We need to focus on opening. Blah blah blah. So short says, okay, we actually picked August 28th to open. And Greg's like, why did you do that? They're like, well, it's a month from now. And he goes, whoa 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 whoa. Like, can you guys just like let me know? Can you guys send me a text when you guys come up with these ideas? Like, ugh, like. How long could this have been an idea for them? Two days in the time that you saw them? Is that really that big of a deal? Sandoval says in a confessional that he and Schwartz don't always see eye to eye with Greg, but it seems like now, anytime they talk about opening, Greg wants to veto it. And $25,000 a month is quite the fire lit under your ass, but Greg doesn't seem to have that fire because he's not paying the rent. We are. <laughs> The Greg goes on about how they have some insurmountable amount of things to do to make that happen. He doesn't have time for bullshit. Okay, whatever. Like, how much could you possibly have to do at this point? And also, like, do you want this shit to open or not? Because you're talking about how vital it is. But as soon as they give you a date, which seemed to be what you wanted, you are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, why are we talking about this? Is like too crazy. What what all do you have to do at this point? My mom seems pretty generous. Something in the flat white is not clean with that man. Okay? And that's just my I that's my opinion. We get to the middle of the episode where Lisa has her contractually obligated scene to make somebody cry, and this week, who's up? James. So they go to meet for tea, very British blah, blah, blah. We have to act like James is that British. Didn't he move here when he was like eight? <laughs> okay, but whatever. like we've all had English, but, bra- never mind. Um so she asked, you know, how are things going? because lo, she she knows that he got kicked out of that bar. So James like, you know, it was just been interesting drinking Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. bringing that back into my life and she goes well why did you so he says that when raquel broke up with him he just wanted to figure it out for himself so then james says in a confessional you know i just wanted to get out there because i hadn't been on a date and i was excited for like italian dinners and you know it's on a veranda with a cabinet and like i went and did that you know i did that okay (laughs) okay so then he's like you know i just feel like i'm an older more mature guy so Lisa goes, You know, I know that you were devastated with Raquel, but, you know, just like, what's going on with you? Because it just feels like, you know, you're saying that, oh, you know, Allie, you love her and she's everything, but you were saying all those things about Raquel another time, you know? But now you're saying that about Allie. So James goes, Well, you know, I've always been an emotional guy, you know, I fall in love really quickly. And Lisa goes, But you were heartbroken and devastated. James goes you know just thinking about it makes me want to faint and then he starts crying she's like I did it (laughs) it's a lot So then Lisa says in a confessional what she thinks is going on here is that James just doesn't want to have people know that he's hurt because he wanted to be the one to dump and not be the dumpy and I think she's hitting on something Finally, we get to the friends and family party at Schwartz and Sandy's. Lala's still sick. Katie brings back a ghost from Vanderpump past, Christina motherfucking Kelly. And when I saw her in the trailer, I thought, now we're really doing something here. Christina Kelly is like a bay leaf, you know, just like very, very thin, (laughs) you know, it's fragrant, probably. She seems like she smells good. Um, you know, you just stick her in there and it adds something and then you pluck her out. You know what I mean? I really could probably come up with like a whole list of which Vanderpump Rules characters or which spices. Like to me, right off the top of my head, Sheena's like paprika. You know, like you put it on a lot of things. It's like bright, but maybe not so flavorful. And then some people like really shade it like, oh God, you put that shit on everything. I'm so sick of it. But you know, for the right people, it's a good fit. Katie, cilantro. Let me, let me think about this. I'll come back to it. Anyway, Katie says that... Christina Kelly is one of the most loyal people ever. A true ride-or-die friend and over the past year they've gotten really close again. They just went to Rome for their friend's wedding. <laughs> and this is the sound of a thousand whatever the fuck Stassi's fans called themselves heartbreaking because there have been mentions of Jax. No problem, right? Why would they not mention Stasi at any point? It's interesting to me because this could have been a moment where they like kind of sauce launched Stasi back and like tested the waters to see because i felt like andy said that he kind of regretted firing Kristen and Stasi and hmm and yet nothing that really made me giggle ariana tickled the fuck out of me because she says in a confessional I know that Katie feels like she doesn't have any backup. So it's like, do 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 like, Oh, Christina Kelly's being summoned. And it just feels so obvious. (laughs) Sandoval has a scene with his mom. That's super cute. Like he really loves her. And she's, you know, the five foot one firefighter from St. Louis. And, you know, he really wants to make her proud and show her that he can do something. And then he goes, you know, you you should feel my mom's hands. They're like, they're like Mickey Rourke's. I don't think that's a compliment, babe. <laughs> I mean, I d I, I don't know what his hands look like, but I've never mind. I never mind. Okay, I'm not gonna do that. Y'all aren't gonna catch me. I'm not about to say anything problematic about what's happening with him. But anyway, moving on. So Katie, Ariana, Christy Christina Kelly, they all sit down. Katie says Lala's not coming because she's still under the weather. Cut to Lala doing the most relatable thing I've seen her do, maybe ever on this show, shutting the fuck up and watching season two of Beverly Hills. Love that. Back to the show, Ariana talks about how, you know, James got kicked out and Christina's like, wait, James got kicked out of somewhere. (laughs) So Katie says, I just feel like, you know, me and Tom told everybody to not pick their sides in the divorce. And I just feel like Sheena really has. Sheena's like, you know, you're setting boundaries and Sheena's not respecting them. Like, why? So finally, the adult in the room, Ariana says, okay, taking Sheena out of the situation. Okay. (laughs) Do you really feel like this relationship with you and Schwartz is sustainable? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Katie says, that she told Tom, that if they want to maintain a relationship, they have to check in with each other about what they're comfortable with. Otherwise... If you want to start fucking somebody I know, fuck it. I'll run a train through your restaurant. And, you know, okay. Work. <laughs> Work. So then Katie says she wants to go on a girls trip. It's not like a divorce party thing. But, you know, we'll fly up to Vegas. We'll drive to Lake Havasu. That kind of vibe. Obviously, Sheena's not invited. But, you know, if she wants to support shorts so much. Then, you know, she should just stay back here and do that. Then Schwartz and Katie go and sit down in a booth to have a conversation of their own. Starting off really sweet. Tom's thanking her for being there. You know, you're the only family that I really have in LA. Then he's like, you know, I hung out with Sheena earlier and you know, she was really upset about the way things went down. And Katie goes, she's upset. I have a person who's meddling and Tom goes, no, she's not meddling. She's trying to help me come out of my slump a little bit. But it feels like you're trying to make imaginary boundaries for things that don't exist. Like Raquel, Raquel and I are not a thing (laughs) yet. Katie says, I know nothing happened, but that's a situation that would change for me. So Katie starts talking about how, you know, I'm not irrational, but you know, the, here comes Sheena. I mean, Tom's already left the chat. Okay. He, he doesn't want to hear anymore. <laughs> He's waving to people, dapping them up right in front. And I mean, directly in front of Katie's face to where she's like, excuse me, not right now. And Kate and Tom sw- flips the switch. Katie, you can't do that. You know, I don't care. I don't care. It reflects poorly on my business. So Katie goes, okay, well, I'm going to go home. You know, you're treating me poorly. Tom, oh, it's always about you. You know, you should leave. I actually, I prefer that. So in a confessional, Tom says this happened in their relationship a lot because he'd be forced to choose another temporary ultimatum and then they're getting out of the booth. He's like muttering under his breath, bad energy here, emotionally entitled bad energy. Then he goes up to two other guys at the party and goes, I'm just having a bad night with Katie, my arch nemesis. I We need to like unpack this because I mean, he's absolutely right. This is a dynamic of theirs that we've seen how many times over the past 10 years. In my opinion, Katie makes ultimatums because she knows that Tom already wants to do the thing. Like, Katie has to be mad at Sheena because Tom technically and Raquel technically have not well they've not hooked up yet so she has to be mad at Sheena about this but she knows that really she's trying to plant the seed of like Tom I really would not be okay with this and I'm going to like pop the fuck off on Sheena because I want us to like have whatever like she doesn't really want to tell him that she doesn't want him to do this so she's gotta be mad at Sheena right but she knows So then it becomes, he's like, you know, he's right. It does become like an ultimatum, but it's an ultimatum because she already knows what's coming, right? (laughs) She already knows what's coming. She knows that Tom wants to do this. Tom's getting pissed off because he knows that he also wants to do this thing. And now he feels like he's got to make a choice between Katie and the thing that he really wants to do. And that's pissing him off. (laughs) Because technically he wants both. He wants to to be able to do whatever the fuck he wants. But also have Katie, like, not say anything. But that's not going to happen. So then he gets mad at her and is like, well, fuck it. I don't owe you anything. You're making the ultimatum and I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want. See ya. After this party, we get some, you know, pretty cute interstitials of summer, moon, honey. Is that the right combination? Yeah. Um, Doing, she's getting, getting her first little swing. Very, very cute. Um... James is getting his shit rocked in a boxing ring by, uh, Max, (laughs) Lisa's son, who, thank you for including this, um, remember when he called me a fat cunt? Get up. (laughs) He rocked the fuck, just right in the stomach, and I loved it. I loved to see it. So, then Ariana and Katie go for drinks with Raquel. I, we did it. We, I have to give her her kadoos. Katie wore something that I didn't hate. Ugh. The color was very complimentary. It was like a coppery, orangey, burnt orange kind of thing. Um, it gave her shape. Amen. I'm not even going to talk about the cowboy boots because they weren't that bad. All things considered, she did well. She did well. It's a real shame that she, uh, Raquel, let's talk about it. So Katie invites Raquel to have a Havasu, you know, but they're going to be going to rage in Vegas at night and then drive up to have a suit later, right? Obviously, she tells her, you know, Sheena's not invited. And Raquel's like, okay, well, is this all about the podcast? Or what's going on? So Katie says, at this point, no. Like, everybody's making a big deal about how nothing happened between Shorts and Raquel. And I'm like, yeah, you guys, that's not the point. Raquel's like kind of looking over like, well, I have a confession to make. <laughs> Ariana shouted to her was like let me just um, fix myself a little bite here so that when she drops whatever bomb she's about to drop I can have full thing in my mouth so I don't have to react I'm just chewing right have a, have a snickers moment right at Sandoval's thing I literally point blank asked Schwartz if he wanted to make out boop, 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 boop. so Katie goes why would you do that And in a confessional, Raquel says, listen, I know it's going to come out anyway, so I would just rather Katie hear it from me before we go on this trip together. Raquel tells Katie, look, Tom turned me down. You know, he's respecting your boundaries and Katie's like, yeah, but you're not Raquel. And Raquel just says, I'm sorry. Ariana goes, girl, I did not know you had it in you. And then Raquel just goes, I don't know who I am these days. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, girl. Sorry. Shrug emoji. So Katie goes, Okay, how much of this is motivated by you or Sheena? And as soon as Raquel goes, Well, Sheena initially put the idea in my head, she goes, Right. See, that's exactly what I thought. You know, that's why she's dead to me. That's it. She's dead. Then Katie says in a confessional that Raquel just isn't smart enough to come up with this on her own. Like she's literally the human equivalent of cotton candy. Raquel says, you know, I was drinking and I was like, you know, what do you call it? Like a shoot, shot, a shot, shoot, my shot, my shoot, 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 shot, 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 my shoot, shoot, my shot. You know what I mean? So Katie goes, this is a lot, you know, like my house is about to be sold in three weeks. And I just want to have fun. So thank you for telling me. ariana's just like rubbing her arm like you know we are gonna have fun we are gonna have fun (laughs) katie's a really pretty crier you have to give her that she looks great better than i do so the episode ends with the toms meeting up with lisa i think they're at tom tom so they sit down and lisa's like the potty was like two weeks ago why haven't you opened sandoval says it's complicated and Lisa goes, Okay, what's happening with Greg? And Schwartz is like, Well, we love Greg. And she's like, You love Greg? Please. Don't don't throw that word around. He seems a little peeved at you guys. Tom Schwartz says that they may have misled Greg a little bit with their level of experience, but then she realizes they're paying rent on that building. Twenty five K a month. Greg has the lease. And she's like, Oh my God, I wish that you guys had shown me that contract. I would have told you to never sign that. So then Lisa says in a confessional, listen, I'm sure Greg is experienced, but you know, I'm sure he also wants to open, but if he's got his name on the lease, there's really no urgency for him. Cause he's not paying the rent. So Lisa tells the Toms like, you guys need to realize how high the stakes are. And Sandoval's like, no, I do. I'm waking up in the middle of the night, pacing in my backyard stressed out so now we get oh i gotta get them to cry right she's like what are the stakes your parents invested didn't they (laughs) he's like yeah they did you know so sandoval doesn't cry but shorts shorts gets it he starts crying he's like you know i'm more invested in getting their money back than even mine and you know i just don't i'm a cautionary tale i don't want to fail i'm a cautionary tale for marriage i don't want to be one In my business, either. I'm a statistic. I'm a fucking statistic. (laughs) So Lisa goes, listen, Greg has been only nice to me, but maybe this doesn't all work together. So maybe we should move forward and try to find a way that Greg isn't involved. So, to be continued on that one, you guys. We'll see. We'll see. Ken's back next week. Ken's back. Mm Hmm. I was gonna say better than ever didn't didn't really seem to be the case but anyway we'll move on we'll we'll talk about it next week thank you guys so much for speaking no (laughs) thank you for listening thank me for speaking have a great